have our attention go to Psalm 119. In that Psalm, we'll read verses 57. I'll read them. 57 through 64, that section of the Psalm under the eighth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, happens to be the eighth letter. There are eight verses in each section under each letter. This happens to be the eighth letter, and there are eight verses. Let us now hear God's word from Psalm 119, beginning verse 57, reading through verse 64. This is the word of God. Thou art my portion, O Lord, I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. <clears throat> I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. May the Lord bless the reading of his most sacred word. Again, Lord Jesus, we do ask that you would bless, it, bless these words to our, our hearts, to our minds. Be our God and our guide at this worship hour. And throughout, we ask in your name, uh, bless uh, our endeavors uh, this day, and especially our worship now. Bless it in Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> what is your most blessed treasure? Your, uh, the, the, thing, your, the, the thing that you possess that you want the most. What is it? Now before I get to that, come to that, I want to talk about what the psalmist is doing throughout this psalm and here in particular. The psalm, as you know, is a prayer. The entire, uh, the entire psalm is a prayer. It has several sections. Talk about that under the acronym of ACTS, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I'll come to that. But the, the idea that's throughout, really throughout the Psalter, and in this psalm and in these verses in particular, is that the psalmist, God-inspired psalmist, wants us to consider things in a fashion that is not really natural to us. Well, it's not typical. 
See, when we deal with things of the earth, our problems, our situations, our, the good things, the not so good things, we generally, most of us are prone to think horizontally, right? Earthly things take earthly solutions. Earthly things are to be considered from an earthly perspective. However, the psalmist here, throughout the psalm really, and throughout the Psalter, wants us to have a different type of perspective. He wants to cause our perspective to go upward. Think vertically. People think horizontally. That's their perspective, earthly. The psalmist is pointing us vertically, pointing us heavenward. And he wants our perspective to come in that, or go in that direction and come from that direction. And so that's why he begins this psalm uh, in, in this particular section of the psalm. Thou art my portion, O Lord. Now let's stop and think about this. Actually, the Hebrew is worded a little differently. The Hebrew says, portion, O Lord, thou art, or portion, Jehovah, my Jehovah. It's not, uh, the, the, the emphasis is on portion. That the Lord is his portion. That is the most important thing to him. And ought to be to us as well. That God, Jehovah, Jesus, right? The name Jesus means Jehovah saves, Jehovah's salvation. That Jesus... Jehovah is our portion. And I want to talk about the portion. I want to talk about the word which follows in this verse, right? Thou art my portion, O Lord, or portion, O Jehovah, art thou. I have said that I would keep thy words. So I want to talk about the portion. I want to talk about the word. And I want to talk about the prayer under the acronym ACTS. The four things that are used here in this psalm, throughout the psalm, and in this section as well. <clears throat> so, the first is the portion, and as you know, Israel, uh, the, the portion meant a lot to Israel. Now, why is that? That was their greatest possession. The most important possession, if you ask the Israelite, what is your most important possession? The one in which you would never want to depart from. The one that you would give up everything else for. Which is it? And the Israelite would say, my portion. The thing that's most important in my life's portion. Everything else I would give up to keep my portion. Now why? Because... They lived in the land where the, the Lord himself dwelt. And it was under the Lord's direction and promise that each Israelite family were given a portion of, of a place where the Lord dwelt in that land. So their portion was given to them, their allotment was given to them by God himself. And it meant that... God was giving himself 
to that entity. They saw him attached to that, that inheritance, if you will, that allotment. And so that was the most important thing the Israelite possessed, their portion, their allotment, their parcel, which was assigned to them by the Lord. And they would give up all else for that. So when you're asked, or we're asked, well, what is the most important thing to you, what would you answer? What is your greatest possession? Obviously, it's not your house and home, the house that you made a home. Because God doesn't parcel out land like in the Old Testament where he dwelt in that land and gave people a portion of this, this, and this for them to surround their God where he dwelt at the temple. That's no longer the case. So for a Christian to say my most precious possession would be my house which I have now made my home and raised my family in it. Forget about the other stuff, right? The cars and the clothes and the you know, whatever else might be. that. See, once we get into that, we're thinking horizontally. Once we get into that, we're thinking like the rest of the world. We're considering that my importance is attached to the things that I possess. Well, you know, in a way it is. But what you possess now is the Lord himself. He's to be your most important possession not your house, which you made a home. Not your cars, not your, your vacation places, nothing like that. Nothing that you possess from an earthly perspective can compare to Jehovah. The Lord is my most important possession for which I would give up everything. Which, you, by the way, you have heard Christians doing that. Not only yesterday, but today. They're giving up everything. Perhaps even the Christians that we prayed for a little while ago in Afghanistan. They will stay to bear witness to Jesus and become martyred even, perhaps. We hope not. Pray not, but perhaps they will. But they would give up everything. They already have. You know, they, they don't own much, if anything, in that society. And they're going to own even less. But I will give up my life because I am possessed. And he is my possession. Jehovah, my king and my God. Amen. That's the attitude that's the perspective that we are to have throughout all our days. Isn't it? Yes, it's true. Family, especially Christian family, is a great possession. But the greatest possession is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Right? That's the greatest. The, a great possession. My great possession. My great treasure is my family. But the greatest 
is my Lord. So I'm not putting down family ties and bonds. That's, that's a treasure. That's probably the most important thing for, for us all, right? Beside the Lord himself. The Lord, the, the, the earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. <laughs> the reason why the Lord is such a treasure is our greatest portion. It's because of his mercy that has been found through Jesus Christ. He has poured forth his mercy upon us so much so that in his sight we are perfect, perfectly righteous in his sight. We've become so through the righteousness of his dear son, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself so that we can become righteous before God, perfectly so. God's mercy is upon us. And that is a treasure to hold on to. But you see, in order to do that, through the thick, the thick and thin of life, through the ups and downs, through all the vicissitudes and changes that happen, we must be thinking, must be thinking, and praying vertically. Our perspective must be vertical at all times, in every day, in every way and circumstance of life, no matter what, good or not so good. Going into surgery and coming out from surgery, our perspective must be vertical. The Lord is the greatest delight. If I get through the surgery, fine. If I don't, praise God, I'm in heaven. Our perspective must always be upon Jehovah. He is my portion. He is my greatest portion, my greatest life. Because he's mercy. He's poured forth his mercy upon me so that I'm, I don't worry. I don't have any worries about where I'm going. No worries about his love for me because he sent his son to die for me. That is charming above all else. <clears throat> now, once we begin to have this perspective, and I'm sure you do have this perspective most of the time, although you lose it because of the, you know, our nature, our fallen nature, our sinful nature. We make mistakes. We, we, get, we go backwards sometimes. We take four steps forward, we go back on the three. We go two steps forward, we go back three. We take five steps forward, we go one. You know, that kind of life. That's the way we are. But God's not like that. So we need to focus on the fact that God is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his love. He doesn't change his mercy. He doesn't change his attitude towards us one bit. It's always positive. It's always good. It's always delightful and wonderful. Come what may. I need to focus on him. Come what may. 
If I'm going to be doing that, like the psalmist here goes on to say in verse 57, Thou art my portion, O Jehovah. That's all capital Lord, so that's the name of the Lord Yahweh, which is pronounced Jehovah by the Hebrews. Uh, Thou art my portion, O Jehovah. And then what follows? I have said that I would keep thy words. In other words, what's happening here? If your perspective, if your focus is vertical, if the Lord is truly your portion, it's going to change your life. I have said that I would keep thy word. Another word, because you are the focus of my attention at all times and every day and every way, I am going to obey. I am going to follow your prescription in life. I am not going to make up my own. I'm not going to follow other people's. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow your word. You see how that works? If he's your portion, your life is going to change because your attitude is going to be, the Lord will never lead me astray. I am going to, I'm going to walk the way he wants me to walk. Now, one of the things that he says here, if you go down a, a, a little bit in this, uh, in this psalm, in this section here, he says in verse 63, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. Do you hear that? I am a companion of all them that fear thee. And of them that keep thy precepts. In other words, dear people, you, Christian, you are my brothers and sisters, my fathers and my mothers. You are my family. I do not want to spend time with the wicked. I do not want to accept their ways. I do not want to have anything to do with them other than to testify to the, saint, to the name of Jesus Christ and, and to ask them to repent of all their ways and their sins and to embrace Jesus and become a brother in the household of God to me. I don't want to be with them. I don't like them. I don't want to be near them. I am companion. Listen. Listen to the word of God. I am a companion of all them that fear thee. And of them that keep thy precepts. So they fear the Lord and they're walking in his ways. And I don't want to have anything to do with the ungodly. I'm not talking about business things and, uh, you know, going to work for people that aren't, you know, Christians and all that stuff. That, that's not it. Or going to a hospital and have doctors operate on you that not, are not necessarily saved, but they're good at what they do. They're good at the craft. That's not what I'm... But that my life is... The best of my life, most of my life is occupied with the people of God. They are my friends. They are my family. A wicked or not. I talked about that last week. With Samson. With Jesus. 
right here. It's throughout the Bible. Israelite, think of the Israelites. They were separated from all the communities. Not only in terms of proximity, they, they, they had land that uh, was parceled out to them by God and protected by God, but they also uh, had dietary laws. They had uh, worship uh, uh, ceremonial laws. They had the moral law. All those, by the way, the uh, ceremonial laws, the civil laws, the dietary laws, and even the moral law were all for Israel. They were all for Israel. And they separated them. They distinguished them from all the other peoples. And that's the way we are to think too. That I am going to... The Lord is my portion. He is my delight. He is my day's sunshine. And the moon shining and the stars at night. He is everything to me. And therefore I'm going to walk in his ways. I'm going to keep his words. I'm going to do what he says. Because he's my, I love him. He loves me. I love him. He belongs to me. I belong to him. I don't belong to this world anymore. It's not my home. This, by the way, is a pilgrim's prayer. Walking through life. Going in and out, up and down, all around in life. This is a pilgrim's prayer. We're pilgrims, brothers and sisters, right? We're on a pilgrimage. Our home is heaven, not here. This is not my place. It's not your place. <clears throat> I want to speak now about... Uh, keeping his word just a little bit more. Uh, we see this commitment uh, in, the, in the psalmist when immediately he confesses, Thou art my portion, O Lord. Uh, he said this, uh, this promise to God, I have said that I would keep thy words in verse 57. He commits himself to giving careful attention to and exercising great care over God's word. <clears throat> of course, Doing that, brothers and sisters, as I pointed out, is going to change your life. <clears throat> that will obviously manifest itself not only in keeping companion, keeping fellowship with the saints, worshiping God according to spirit and truth, uh, being delighted in his, uh, in his ways and his words, but also it brings us to uh, repent of our sins and our faults because as we discover from God's word his ways and his ways for us in which to live, we realize that we fall short. We, we fall short of his word. He, we, we fall short of his ways. We break his commandments in, in thought, word, and deed on a daily basis. And, and so our life, our lifestyle during the course of any given day is one of confession and repentance for sure. We, we, we need to be aware that if God is our portion and we need to go according to his way, according to his word, that we need to repent of our ways. By nature, that is. Our nature. Our natural ways. And, and we need to uh, confess our faults. And we need to do things 
according to him. And it, we begin to delight in the fact that, that we're, we're obeying God. The psalmist says, I, I thought on my ways and turned my feet onto thy testimonies. Verse 59. You see that? I thought on my ways and I turned my feet onto thy testimonies. In other words, that's what, what the psalmist is saying there is I thought on my ways and I repented. I turned. I saw my ways. They were going in the opposite direction from the way you instruct. And I turned, Lord. It was like sort of an immediate thing. And look what he says in the following verse. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. So I didn't put it off. I didn't take my time. I discovered that I was going in the wrong direction. I was doing the wrong thing, saying, well, you know, whatever it was. And I immediately stopped and turned and went in the other direction, the direction of thy commandments. That's what happens when the Lord is our portion. We start thinking our perspective goes vertical, at all times go vertical. It changes our life. I thought on my ways and I turned my feet in the direction of thy testimonies and I made haste. I did it quickly. I didn't put it off. Sort of stopped me in my, my tracks. <clears throat> and so Jehovah being our portion uh, goes hand in hand with a, a commitment to keep God's words and to walk in his ways to the glory of his name, the name of his dear son, Jesus Christ, which we profess. And uh, finally, I would uh, want to say something about this prayer according to, as I put, the uh, acronym that's been given of Acts, that this prayer, this psalm, and in particular even our verses, follow this pattern. Uh, Act stands for the A stands for adoration, the, the C stands for confession, the T is for th thanksgiving, and the S for supplication. And that's what the psalmist goes through. First, adoration. Remember the Lord began his prayer. We say it all the time in, in, on Sunday. Our Father, which art in heaven, the first petition is what? Hallowed be thy name. God, holy is your name. High and lifted up is your name. I want to glorify your name. That's the first thing I want to do. Remember, God is our portion. Well, I just want to bring up and out that name and, and just bring praise and honor and glory to it in the things that I say and do. And forgive me, Lord, forgive me when I go back. And I fail. And I break. And I do it every day. I do. But I want to adorn that name, which is above every name in heaven and on earth. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes, says the psalmist. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Praise be, glory be to your name. And of course, we know that even better than the psalmist because we know Messiah, Jesus Christ, and what he did, and finished the work, and fulfilled the prophets, the prophecies of the prophets. So that's the first thing about uh, prayer about how the psalmist prays. He brings glory to the name of God. He adorns the
the name of God. The second thing is uh, knowing Jehovah as our portion uh, makes us willing to confess our sins and our neediness. I don't depend upon anyone except the Lord. The Lord uses means. Don't take me the wrong way. God uses means, many means. But that is not my dependence. My dependence is on the Lord. I have lived 70 plus years because God has made it happen. And I will live another 10 or, or 15 years, I'd like to, if God is willing. And you who are going into the hospital for surgery, you know surgeries can, you know, be risky and all that. God will take care of you. You're going to come out the other end because the Lord has willed it, not because Dr. So-and-so has. You depend upon the Lord, not doctors, not lawyers, not mechanics, not anyone or anything. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my refuge. He is my all in all. And every day, Jesus has become my portion and my all in all. And then he brings things into my life to take care of business and what have you. Fine. But reverence, honor, adoration, I give to, to God, not to man. And so we need to confess and our dependence upon him because we do from time to time go astray because of our old sinful nature. The third thing about this prayer, a prayer of the, uh, all the prayers in the Psalter, and just one in particular, is thanksgiving. Uh, the psalmist shows that uh, his, his thankful heart when he says, at midnight. You notice this? Wow. In verse 62. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. In other words, what's happening here? is that the, the psalmist wakes up in the middle of the night, as they say. And rather than turn around and go back to sleep, he has to take time and thank God for watching over him throughout the night. Give him praise on his bed. Wake up for a minute or two or three or four and give glory to God and thank him for watching over him and taking care of him and giving him the days of his life and so on and so forth. That's what's happening to this psalm. He's waking up in the middle of the night and rather turn and go back to sleep. He gives praise and thanksgiving to God who has saved him and is sanctifying him and is holding on to him and watching over him and caring about him. And finally, supplication. Then he starts pouring out his heart and supplicating and asking for this. And, uh, and, and that's uh, in, in, in various places in this psalm. Oh, forsake me not utterly, in verse 8 of the psalm. Oh, let not my, me wander from thy commandments, in verse 10 of this psalm. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word, verse 17 of the psalm. And so on and on it goes. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Verse 58 of this section. Uh, when Jehovah is our portion, we will look to him for favor and for mercy, for care and for comfort, for everything that we need in this life. When God, Jehovah, Jesus saves is our portion. 
we will look to him. Brothers and sisters, this is, you know, a wonderful little section to remind us of what we already know and have come to know and are coming to know more and more about our Lord and about his ways and how wonderful it is to, if I may think, uh, point you vertically, to think vertically, to, to go heavenward in every, in every detail of your life. Go heavenward first. Go heavenward. And uh, it will change your life and change, change you for the better more and more as you go on until you get to heaven itself. Let's pray. Heavenly Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is wonderful. Your word is, is uh, just, it's a treasure chest. It, and it, it says such wonderful things, things that are not said anywhere else, certainly not in this way by anyone else except those who are focused on your word and we are focused on your word. Lord, help us to focus some more. Forgive us our sins. Carry us through the day. We are in your care and keeping for you belong to us and we belong to you. You are our God, our portion, and we are your people. And we are proud and charmed by this. To Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.